This episode of The Midwatch is brought to you by Bravo Zulu Co. As you guys may know, Bravo Zulu is a uh, company that I started. Um, it has many different avenues. Uh, we have an apparel line, uh, but it's also just a way for me to um, uh, expose military thinking to the masses. Uh, we use Bravo Zulu as a way to say congratulations or good job to our fellow service members. Um, and I want to bring that to the masses um, and just kind of translate it to your everyday life. Just to do the best job you can, uh, no matter what it is, husband, wife, father, mother, um, your workout, your day at work. Um, and just no matter what, do the best you can and do the best job you can in anything that you do in life. Um, and good karma will prevail. Uh, on this episode, we have a very special guest um, someone who made a huge impact and, and is currently still making an impact uh, on my career. Um, he was my leading RDC in boot camp, um, also known as like a drill instructor more commonly. Um, and uh, it was an honor to have him in here uh, on this podcast. Uh, we hit many different facets, um, how we met, uh, his full career he kind of went over. Um, we talked about some thoughts on the Navy, and we also talked about non-Navy stuff. Uh, it's a great episode. I feel like you guys can learn a lot from it. Um, unfortunately, about the last 10 minutes of the podcast uh, is a little choppy due to the the connection um, and Chief actually being stationed all the way in Japan, and I'm currently in Virginia. Uh, but it still doesn't take away from the quality uh, of the content. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. And without further ado, we'll get right into it. All right, and we are live for the second episode of The Midwatch. I'm your host, Thomas Mitten, and uh, I am um, accompanied by a very special guest, uh, um, Chief Sutherland. Uh, me and him, we met uh, about five years ago, a little over five years ago. Uh, he, was he was actually my leading RDC in boot camp, um, or drill instructor is a more commonly uh, used term that might, people might understand, um, but, but he was in charge of... of uh, making me into a civilian or in charge of taking me from being a civilian to making me into a sailor um, So uh, I, I kind of want to use this platform. Uh, he's made a, a huge difference in my life or not in my life But, but in my career I should say um, and, he, and he set a standard um, that I try to uphold even up uh, you know even Not seeing him for five years. Uh, I still try to uphold that standard that he set uh, in me um, back in boot camp uh, so I kind of want to use this platform to kind of kind of document some of that. Uh, it, I think it'd be pretty cool to to come back in like 20 years and, and listen to this conversation that that we're having right now. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and let Chief kind of introduce himself um, and kind of kind of see his story on, on what brought him to the to the world's finest Navy. Um, you know, was it something that he was thinking about since you were a child, or did you? Uh, go to the army recruiter and they weren't there that day so you just decided to walk over to the army i mean the navy recruiter <laughs> um so, so chief uh, go ahead the floor is yours would uh, just talk about a little bit um like i said how you, how you joined the navy and and kind of the the start of your career all right well i appreciate it uh you know for having me um i feel really uh special being on your show to be the first um like i said you were one of the one of the top guys in boot camp. But uh, my career started out in uh, New York, uh, 1998. So I graduated at high school, which is August Morton High School in uh, Queens. And 
worked for about a year. I had two jobs. You know, Jamaicans like to work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, growing up, <clears throat> for my first 12 years, I grew up uh, in Jamaica, and that's where I was born. Uh, and coming to the States was a new change, a uh, new experience for me, and a new, a new uh, opportunity to basically uh, see and, uh, and get some more, you know, life lessons. Uh, so, you know, I went to school, did, did fairly well. And after I worked, like I said, um, I wanted to do something more um, to give back because I came, uh, became a citizen uh, of the U.S. in 1998, and I felt it was my duty uh, to give something back. Now, unlike most uh, recruitees, um, I only signed up to do four years. <laughs> <laughs> and the four years now became 19 years. Um, so <clears throat> this June, June 24, will be my 28th year in the United States Navy. That's crazy. And why did I stay so long? Well, <clears throat> each year was, each, each enlistment was something different. Um, first five years I did, you know, Washington State, and it was amazing out there. You know, I was all over Seattle, Washington, Canada, and that right there just inspired me to want to see the world, want to do more, want to help people. And so I re-enlisted. And actually, I went back to uh, New York City to do recruiting. Um, I was in Brooklyn, uh, New York. I recruited from 2003 to 2007. Now, there was a point where, you know, I was on my rate being a damage controlman. I basically, basically wasn't making rank because I didn't have much time to study. So I got out of the Navy in 2007, summer, and I was, I was disappointed because I took the DC-1 exam about seven times and wasn't making it, obviously because of recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, but I had one more opportunity and I took the test. Um, I was on terminal leave and my commanding officer called me and said, hey, <laughs> you made it, basically. Oh, wow. At that point, I, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. <laughs> uh, and at that point, I already made up my mind not to be done with the Navy. Um, but, you know, overall it was great. So, you know, at the time I was going through uh, an enrollment to become an NYPD uh, officer. Uh, police basically um, I was doing fingerprinting all nine yards the next step was basically to uh, go to the Academy um, I also took a test for you know uh, the fire department which I passed the uh, court officer which I passed but a police officer was something I wanted to do because I am a people person I love people I love all people um, coming from Jamaica and that's that's one thing that we always do we love anyone anywhere or the world, you know, and our motto, one of our motto from Jamaica is out of many one people, and that's how I see, we are one people, so I wanted to give back to the community, and uh, so I wanted to become a cop, which I was in the process, until my commanding officer uh, at the Neighbor Crew and District Commando Award had a little discussion with me, and, you know, the opportunities that 
are there. You know, now you're a first class. Um, she basically used her seven skills in trying to get me back to rejoin with the Navy. And, uh, you know, at first I was still hesitant in rejoining. Uh, however, I spoke to family and, you know, I had about almost eight years in. And they basically said, you know, just just continue. Uh, Re-enlist and, and see what they have to offer. In which I took the opportunity. I basically told the recruitment office for the NYPD that um, I'm rejoining the Navy. And I did. So uh, they basically sent me to, they had some really cool orders overseas, which Japan was my first overseas tour. Um, so I came here in 2007, and I spent two years uh, in Japan, 2007, so, 2009. So that's after you decide to stay in then. So you're, you're, yeah, D, yeah, you're yeah. DC-1 now in Japan. I was a DC-1 now in Japan. Okay. And I was aboard a USS Robbie D. Steedham uh, destroyer, basically. Okay. And, uh, you know, I thought it was the most coolest thing ever because I love culture. I love I, I love people. And uh, Japan was one of the places that I always wanted to go to. And I never, never did it, you know. But the Navy took me there, so I took those orders, and they shipped me off. <laughs> to Japan. Um, lo and behold, I thought I was going to be able to see Japan. Saw a little bit of it, but I didn't see as much as I wanted to because our ship was forward deploy and we were constantly gone. At least 250 days out of the year, each year. Oh, wow. We were at sea. Yeah. Um, life of a damage controlman, you know. What we do, we live, we breathe, we eat engineering. <laughs> And, and, and just for, um, I'm going to cut you off real fast, or not cut you off, Chief, but just for some context uh, for some viewers or listeners who, who may not be uh, in the military, um, what a DC man is, uh, what which is the uh, rate or job that Chief has in the military, um, they're, uh, so damage control men, they're kind of, um, and, and kind of, uh, you can jump in, Chief, if I'm kind of describing this wrong, but um, they're, uh, they're like firefighters, they're, uh, if any kind of damage or anything happens to a ship, um, you know, they're the, they're the first, uh, first responders there to, to control the flooding, to, um, you know, the, just any kind of, uh, um, uh, to fix any kind of damage that, that may be happening to the ship, um, like flooding, fire, anything along those lines. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, my job is pretty unique. Um, I actually wanted to be a firefighter as, uh, as well, cause I, I love, I love that stuff. Um, and at first, when I went to my recruiter, I <laughs> I thought fire controlman was actually that what I thought it was, which was a firefighter, but it wasn't. <laughs> <Found out. laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. Um, <laughs> so I found out that damage controlman was a job that um, I wanted, and uh, and I went for it. So you know, you're you're right on point with, with you know the description. Also deal with confined space rescue. We also do gas free engineer. Uh, we also do fire marshal, just like regular fire marshal in the civilian sector. Um, it's pretty cool you said that, you know, about the damage. Um, when I was in third class, basically in October uh, 12, 2000, uh, I had the opportunity to help out our shipmates of the USS Cole, which uh, was a very devastating time for us. We lost 17 sailors. However, 
uh, sailors on board that ship. The damage control personnel did some outstanding work, which I had the opportunity to go help do some damage control as well. Um, I was aboard the USS Camden AOE-2 out of Bremerton, Washington. And uh, that was my first actual uh, response to an actual casualty um, United States uh, Navy. And, you know, it opened my eyes a lot and changed my perspective of what, why damage control is so important and everyone should take it seriously because it can and will save your life um, with the knowledge. So that is what a damage controlman does. Uh, but fast forward to uh, back here in Japan. Um, upon reporting to the USS Thetum, I thought, uh, you know, like I said, I was going to have time to see Japan, but we didn't. However, uh, went in there and uh, basically immediately they threw me into a leading position. Um, the leading guy there didn't want to be the LPO, so me as a fraud VC1, hey, <laughs> you have it. You know, <laughs> never been an LPO, um, but I was never afraid of leading and guiding and mentoring and molding, so it was natural for me to be in that position. So I excelled really fast, um, made sale of the quarter for the first quarter, made sale of the quarter for the third quarter. Uh, my sailor also made sale of the quarter for the third quarter. Uh, I was selected for Desra uh, of the whole destroyer group, squadron CTF-70, uh, sailor of the quarter, which I received my second NAM. Uh, my first Naval Achievement Medal was from the USS Cole, which they gave me as well to assist, which I oh, have wow. that's with probably, me. Yeah, that that's one, probably pretty special. Oh, absolutely. That one will be framed when I get back to the States. That's cool. Um, uh, but, yeah, I received a, you know, another Naval Achievement Medal for being an outstanding sailor that time. Um, and also I took the test for LDO, which I didn't pass at first. I missed it by four points. And the following year, um, due to my outstanding performance, you know, I received a early promotion, uh, EP, and I was eligible for chief. So took the test, made it, and lo and behold, I made chief first time up. In oh wow! Yeah, it was it was so crazy. It was unrealistic, but you know, it happened. Never expected myself to be a chief, and you know. I was always uh, I was always afraid of chief in my early years. You know, I never really wanted to see them because when you see the chief, I think you're in trouble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you see him, something's something's probably wrong, or you did something wrong. Right. <laughs> so now I was that chief. So it was it was you know it was so real uh, that it happened so fast. You know, it went from 2007, 2009. Now I'm a chief. So within that almost a year and a half, two years span, I was a chief, basically. So, um, uh, and that's how the Navy was, yeah? Okay, like, so how long of a um, a gap was it from where you were deciding to get out to you were a chief? Like, so... Uh, literally almost two years. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it happened really quick, um, which I didn't expect. So by my, you know almost nine-year uh, mark, I made chief, going on 10 years, I became a chief in the United States Navy, which was, which is a significant achievement, because um, we only have about 3% of people who go up that make it. 
right. each year. Um, so it's an awesome accomplishment. Uh, never. And and like the um, the the military itself is is a brotherhood that you know the Navy especially is, is a big brotherhood. But like becoming a chief again, I'm just trying to give some context uh, to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, you know, we we all consider each other brothers, but once you make chief. That's like a uh, that's like a brotherhood within a brotherhood. It's it's like a whole, um, it's it, it's a pretty big deal. It's you know that they go through certain um, uh, traditions and things like that b- before they actually put on chief and and um, it, it it's like a big a big deal to to become um, a, a chief. It, it's uh, it, it's a smaller brotherhood within a brotherhood. Absolutely, uh, totally agree. Um, yeah, never expected, uh, never knew what to expect uh, going through the, the process to becoming a chief. Um, but yes, we redefine what brotherhood is, you know, and trusting each other and basically being there for each other in a time of need or, or not. But uh, being in a chief's mess is something that was, uh, I, I think it was meant to be for me because one, I love molding and mentoring sailors and I, I basically, you know, I think it was meant for me. But um, in that same year, uh, my friend, uh, the always one, he also made chief with me. He uh, tried to convince me to go LDO again, <laughs> to put in a package since I made chief. But I told him I wanted to basically give the chief mess a chance and, and, you know, and be there for the sellers. So I, I did this route. He did that route. And, you know, he went off, sir, became an LDO. Okay. But uh, I, st- I stayed on this path, and uh, I think I made the right decision. Um, as far as being there for sellers, uh, you know, some people do it for the money to become an LDO, but um, that is not that wasn't my intention. Um, so I never really wanted that. So I stayed in the chief's nest to you know to be here for the sellers and pass on my knowledge to the next generation of sellers. Um, but I did my time on Steedham and uh, basically did outstanding stuff. Uh, we made a very impact here in the Southern Fleet, um, the only ship out here to get recognition uh, by ATG for qualifying everyone to uh, investigate, which is 312, uh, which is a you know a PQS uh, qualification mm-hmm. that everybody has to get every you know some point in their career. Um, killed it, you know. Then I basically transferred. From there, and I wanted another challenge, so I basically signed up to become a recruit division commander. <laughs> um, so I left in uh, 2009, the fall of 2009, and reported to RDC in Chicago Great Lakes. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, journey uh, began basically mentoring and molding sailors for the fleet. Um, that duty, I think, so far has been and probably will be my favorite duty of all. Um, is it just because it, it, was, it was the most like rewarding? You would think, or like pro- professional-wise, is that is that why it would be? Or uh, I wouldn't say it professional-wise. It is rewarding, but for me, it was mostly about the sellers. You know, turning civilian and sellers was. And I think it's the most important thing because that's where uh, sellers get their foundation to become whatever they want to become, whether they're in the Navy or out of the Navy, because 
I've met so many different cultures in boot camp, everyone from everywhere. And that's the only boot camp for the Navy is in Chicago. So everybody in the United States go there. So it was it's cool to meet these different people. Some people who haven't experienced other cultures. Um, I met them there and my job was to train and mold them. And I thought it was the most coolest job ever and still is uh, the coolest job ever because you're actually impacting your lives in a uh, significantly positive way um, forever, basically. Um, and that's where I met you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was. Uh, so I. So I guess the. <clears throat> so you said you reported there in 2009, Chief. Uh, uh, 2009. Yes. Okay. So I got there uh, January 2nd, 2012, and right. Um, that uh, I met you about a week after I got there when. Uh, because you know, like the the P days or or whatever it was called, where we didn't we didn't have you guys, we didn't have our RDCs yet. Um, so about right. a, a week after getting there is is when I met you, um, and uh, you know, I, I I was a little bit older in boot camp. I I joined when I was twenty two, um, so I feel like that helped me a lot, a little bit. Um, not not to, not to say I was more mature, but uh, I was a little bit more mature than the people right right out of high school, um, and do. Do you think um, that, that that's like a true statement? Like, come like coming in older uh, help helps you like through through your time at Great Lakes. Um, do you think that's like a like a true statement? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, the older folks are are older recruits are easier to handle, easier to deal with, and um, the other guys. I most of most of my division, I always use the older, more mature uh, recruits to to basically monitor or lead the younger younger troop because most of the younger troop just left high school most of them have never been away most of them have never been employed um so the older folks come in very handy um to lead our division <laughs> um so i always pick on them and of course always take care of them but um yeah because the younger younger folks are they, they need that you know some of them just you know just missing home so the old folks usually console them for me or, um, you know, they want to just want someone to talk to about what is it like to be away from home. So that that experience is is what I use uh, my older folks for. So we were um, we were Division 101. Uh, the the black yeah. the black line warriors was like our our, our, divi- <laughs> our, our divisional uh, nickname. Um and uh can you explain that <laughs> so I, yeah i guess like so so the black line is a um so the the com- the compartment that that uh your divisions in so a divisions normally comprised of like about like 80 people give or take right um mm-hmm. and it's a it's a big like open bay room and it's just filled with with uh, like bunk beds that kind of simulate what what you sleep on on a ship um and the uh the the floor is like a blue like vinyl but there's in in the middle of the room there's uh, a set of black tiles um which is or we refer to it as as the black line um and you never want to go to the black line um (laughs) (laughs) so uh if you're that's that's the discipline zone um so if, if you get sent to the black line you're probably doing some sort of uh pt uh for a decent amount of time 
Um, and our division like our division like to get in trouble a lot, so we uh, we spent a lot of time on that black line. So that's how we got the name Black Line Warriors. <laughs> uh, you know, that was a uh, it was very interesting though. But I'm uh be honest, one zero one and one zero two was far best my best divisions in my entire time at RTC. Um, we, although you guys got in trouble a lot, you guys perform uh, everything with exceptional results. Uh, I mean, you guys, both divisions took Hall of Fame, which was, which don't really get done a, a lot there. So that was a significant achievement by the recruits. And of course, your RTC's uh, supervising y'all, but I think you guys listened. I mean, it, I think uh, it actually clicked with you guys. Um, I guess didn't beat so much at the at the black line. <laughs> <laughs> but um, those memories will forever live on. Um, you know, watching you guys coming together as a team, uh, watching you guys achieve uh, the impossible. Um, so it, it 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 actually shaped my life. So every time, every division is is different. Some divisions are more motivated than others, but like I said, one zero one one zero two was far the best of the best. And and just to kind of give uh, again some more context to to people who may be listening who who don't really know what we're talking about. Um, and and it was even like a, a surprise to me. Um, uh, like like boot camp. Like what what exactly it what it what it really is. I mean. Movies and, and TV shows and things like that portray it to be one thing, um, but you actually like don't learn. Not to say you don't learn much about being a sailor in boot camp, because I, I mean you do, but it's much more of just changing, like, um, uh, just changing your ways essentially. To, to put it into a nutshell, um, it, it makes you just be very more uh, like attention to detail and. And you you yep. go to you go to a school after boot camp, which is where you actually learn to do like your job, um, whatever that may be in the in the military. So I, I feel like sometimes there's like even to this day when I talk to my buddies back home, um, there's like a, a misconception of like what boot camp is, um, it, and it's more it's just a lot of uh, a lot of repetitiveness, but it's a, a lot of things in the military are muscle memory, um, especially when you're like a D seaman and things like that. So. Um, it's uh you know in boot camp it's it's a matter of getting beat or not or not beat but getting p pt or not um right. but, but they, they do that in boot camp uh to kind of drill it into you that you have to be uh you know you have to have attention to detail and and take things serious and and even though it might be monotonous or or little it, it's important because once you're in the fleet that that can most definitely be like life or death of your own or a fellowship mates no, absolutely. Um, I'm glad you pointed that out. Uh, yeah, attention to detail is, is one of the main things that we we stress a lot. Um, you know, last year we, you know, currently, if you didn't know, I'm, I'm currently in Japan again. Um, but last year we had two major catastrophes here with our two ships, uh, USS Fitzgerald and USS uh, McCain, Johannes McCain. And uh, attention to detail is, is something that played a part in, in, in these incidents, but, um, you know, rest in peace to all the shipmates that, that perish, but it could have been worse, and again, there's a lot of people that sprung into action and had the attention to detail to, to make the right decisions to, uh, to save the ships, 
So um, that is something that we focus on in boot camp. And yes, we we do a lot of repetitive stuff, um, but that is how the curriculum is. Um, we do have times where we, you know, where we sit down and, and talk to the sailors and do mentoring sessions, which I had the opportunity to do. Um, I like to change it up and, and put my own uh, fleet experience in those conversations vice just reading from a slide or, you know, uh, or word of mouth. But uh, my experience, I think, is the best for, for recruits. And I usually share those experiences with each one of my division, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that they'll be more aware of what's to come when they get in the mm -hmm. fleet. And that's something I, I did um, appreciate about you that – uh, I, I kind of saw um, compared to like our, our other two RDCs or, or even our brother Div um, is you definitely uh, I mean you, you still played your role as like an RDC and, and the kind of like what you had to do as that role but I definitely um, felt like uh, that you kind of not switched hats sometimes but you would just kind of sit there like you said just sit there and, and talk and, and share your experiences you know, still keeping the standard of like an RDC, not, you know, being, f well, I mean, you were friendly, but uh, I kind of feel like I'm wording this wrong, but, but you, you, you definitely did have more like one-on-one -on -one, um, time, like with us as, as like new sailors and kind of, um, we're, we're just personal with us, I, I guess is what I'm trying right. to say. Compared to, like right. you said, just reading a slide or, or going off of, you know, the, the RDC ham handbook or, or whatever it is, that, you know. You, you definitely put a lot of your personal experiences and, and um, which I did appreciate. Uh, and maybe since I was a little bit older and, you know, going back to that point, like I kind of picked up on that a little bit more, maybe compared to some of the younger guys. Um, but uh, that's something I did appreciate. And, and I actually kind of, this kind of plays into, uh, I kind of had like a couple like um, stories that, that, that stuck with me since, since boot camp and, and why, and why okay. I, tr and why I try to, you know, stay close to you as, as possible at, and keeping you as like a mentor. Um, cause, oh, cause, cause you really did have a, a huge impact on, uh, on my career because you, you did, like I said earlier, you did set that standard. Um, and, and you gave me someone to kind of, uh, look up to, to, to hopefully, um, you know, re reach your level one day, uh, in my career, in my career. And, and you will. <laughs> uh, uh, so the the first story is it was probably and I don't think I mean like I said I've talked to you a lot since then and I don't think I've actually shared like any of these stories with you so it's pretty cool to, to do it. Um, like, this to, interesting. To, uh, <laughs> uh, n nothing bad, chief. <laughs> um, but it, it was about uh, maybe two two three weeks in, maybe a month in, and uh, we were always at, at at the drill hall, you know. Um, uh, practicing our drills and, and I was one of the, the flag members um, and again so one of the the it, everything you do in boot camp is based on a height line um, you know shortest, right. guy, shortest guy in front and tallest guy way back and uh, the short people are always in the front while you're marching so you're the ones like holding the flags so right. we, were, we were expected you know to 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 do different things because we were holding a flag as we were marching and I remember we, we couldn't we we kept messing something up and, and you know you, you, you kept disciplining us <laughs> And, uh, um, and I, I, you know, I was, uh, I would not say I was starting to break a little bit, but it was, it was starting to get to me, you know, just the whole, the whole boot camp experience that, you know, I feel like it's, right. a, pre it's a pretty common thing, um, to kind of get, you know, to like, not a breaking point, but like, like, damn, like this is, you know, um, I'm here, like this sucks. <laughs> um, right. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it for some reason it just really got to me that day, and and I think it was just because we just kept messing up and messing up and messing up, and and we just right. we, couldn't, we couldn't get it right. And I remember we 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 got back to the uh, back to our compartment later on that day, um, mm. and uh, I, I, we did something. And it was just one of those like days where we just kept messing up as like a division even. And <laughs> you, we got back and um, you, I forget what you said exactly, but like I could just see it, like you were like truly upset with us, but it, it got to the point to where you like, you did everything you could, you know, you, you disciplined us as much as you could, you yelled at us as much as you could. And like, we just still weren't, weren't getting it, you know? And I, and you like came in the middle of the compartment and you're like, you know, like you pretty much said like, I'm out of here to, for today. And like, I could see on your face that like you were like, you didn't do it in like an anger way. You didn't yell at us, but like, it looked like we like really let you down. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know if that was like an RDC play, you know, out of the RDC playbook or, or something, but it, it looked really, right. it looked really authentic. And, right. and I thought to myself and I was like, you know, like, uh, that's when I kind of realized that, like, it's it's more than just me. Like, it's bigger than me. And, uh, like, I took that to heart. Right. Like, I was like, 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 damn, like, this guy is putting, he's here, he's here before we go to, or before we wake up at, like, 4.30 in the morning. And then he's, like, the last one to leave, at, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. Like, he's dedicating, like, yeah, we're here, but he's dedicating a lot more, just as much time, if not more, than us, you know? And it, um, right. I was like, it's probably draining trying to trying to babysit 80, 80 people who just can't get it right. And um, af- after that day, it, it just kind of it, it made me appreciate you more as a person because it really made me, um, because you know a, a lot of recruits like uh, they're you know they don't like their RDCs because they just beat them all day, you know. But it, it made me realize right. that like you were really there for like the sailors and and you you really cared that like we did we did grasp what you were trying to, you know, trying to teach us. And, um, and, and like I said, it was probably like three, three to four weeks in, um, when it all clicked. Mm. And, and it was just because of that, that one day where like we, we, uh, I don't, you, you sold it well, whatever that was, <laughs> I, like I said, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but you, <laughs> you, you, you literally, we, we got back, you went in, into the fishbowl, which is like the, the area where the, all the RDCs hang yeah. out. And right. <laughs> you, you, you grabbed your bag and, and you just came in the middle of the compartment and you just like shook your head and, and you said something really subtle. Um, and <laughs> it just, it, it, it looked, and it really made me feel bad. I was like, you know, he, he's, he's dedicating all his time to us and trying to make us better. Like he's, you know, he's not, right. you know, and, um, that, 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 that really stuck with me. And that, and that honestly helped me, uh, get over that little hump I was having. Um, cause like I said, it, it, it made me realize that, that it was, it, it's more than just me. Like there's a lot more factors in this. Um, oh, absolutely. and, and that, uh, uh, I don't know. It just, like I said, it might've been just to, to some of the other recruits. It might've just been like a, you know, oh, thank God he's leaving. But, <laughs> um, but, but to me that, that really stuck with me and, and, I apologize for making you upset that day, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 also, I also appreciate it because it uh, it kind of set me straight and, and made me realize like the gravity of of, of everything. Um, right. Yeah. If you want to maybe well, expand upon that a little bit, or 
Well, you know, and, and you're absolutely right. And, you know, uh, our, I can't speak for all RDCs, but like I said, I, I'm different from every RDC. I was different from every RDC there. I could have been that RDC to, you know, discipline you guys day in, day out, scream, yell, shout. But that is not my intention. My intention is to fully equip you guys and get you ready for the fleet and let you understand why it's important to follow attention to details, why it's important to to, to discipline yourself, uh, whether it's in your finance, whether it's in just folding a T-shirt. Um, so I took everything to heart because I like to perfect things. Everything that I do in my life that I've done so far, I try to perfect it. You know, I think sometimes I'm, I'm my worst enemy with that, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's something that is instilled in me. Even now, even here in the fleet, I, I try to perfect everything I do. Even with sellers, I try to perfect them and making them achieve, you know, what they think they can achieve. Um, so that, that, that moment that you guys had or saw, that was, that was a real me. I was disappointed um, because I was tired, one, getting up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning to be there by 4, 5, 6 o'clock um, and working with you guys for all those hours, you know, 17, 18, 1900, you know, just, repeating just, the same stuff over. Just for us not to get it. Right, and it, just for you guys not to get it was very disappointing. Um, you know, after three, four weeks, you know, four, you know, five weeks, sometime, uh, it, it gets tiring. So, I had a point. I had to go relax. Let's just say my mind and, and figure out another way to instruct you guys or reach you guys. So uh, that moment, I had to go um, because I wanted to do other things. Uh, other than speak to you guys, which I didn't want to do that, which was discipline you guys, and I thought that would be a waste of time. Well, it, so, like, like I said, I, that that moment was uh, it's probably something I, I haven't forgotten since then, and it's definitely something um, I, I'll probably never forget, and I'll probably tell that story, you know, to till the end of my career. Um, but uh, that 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 was really it, it. It was really the moment where I like I understood like what the military was and and what like a true leader was. Um, right. and, and I'll, I'll, uh, you know, for, forever, uh, be in debt to you because of that, because that, that, uh, it, it, as much as it, like I said, as much as it sucked at the moment to like really realize that like, I actually just like let another human being down that put so much into me. Um, right. uh, it really, like I said, it, it just put things in perspective, which, which helped for the remaining, you know, four or five weeks that we had, uh, in, in the right. boot, in boot camp. Um, uh. And I appreciate that, you know. Um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm that guy that cares, truly cares for each and every one of those sellers there, regardless of their background, regardless of what they're, you know, what they are. But I am that guy that will um, be there for you through thick and thin. Um, <clears throat> but overall, I mean, you guys achieve greatness at the end. Uh, seeing you guys march, um, getting it right, and during our drill inspection. To you guys hit the spots that we've trained, that we've sweat, you know, that you guys got <laughs> discipline on. Um, it was just amazing. It was like uh, it was like art, you know, watching you guys and seeing you guys achieve uh, those Hall of Fame flags uh, was was even more for me. Um, you know, it, I was pretty, I was really proud. So it all paid off in the end, and you guys, you guys did it. You know, as a group, um, it took a long hours, but it happened. So, and that showed you guys that if you guys put you put your actually put yourself aside and, and, and put the team 
there, uh, you guys go achieve greatness. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to show you guys that you guys could do anything you want to do. Um, you just got to come together real quick and, and get it done. And you guys proved that. Both my divisions did that, 101, 102. Um, but it was it was, it was was awesome. Um, I will never forget those divisions ever. I still have my books here. Got them every now and again. Of all the sailors that that put up with me, <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I probably keep in touch with um, easily like seventy five percent of of people from that from that division, and and you know, I, I see that you inter interact with a lot of them too from from boot camp. So uh, I mean, that that must be um, like uh, it must like it must feel like really rewarding that like so many people um, like want to stay in, in contact with you. Um, I mean, do you like do you think do you think about it like in, in that way, or do you think about that at all? Oh, or oh, absolutely. Um, you know, <clears throat> some already sees I never want to talk to the recruits, and like I said, that's I don't know. That's not me. I, I if I develop a relationship with someone and I see that they really want to be successful, I want to keep in touch with them as long as possible um, to see them through. If they have questions about their career or, or you know decisions they have to make that is me I'm that person that that, that want to be there to help them even progress um, and, and I have kept in touch with a bunch of people um, a few of them have hit me up actually some of them have went officer route some of them um, are second class first class and see them achieve those things you know I've had numerous emails or numerous texts from various divisions including 101102, of people just reaching out to me and thanking me for what I did for them. Um, and that, you know, that that's the greatest joy I think I have, I've had in the Navy, just to get those emails every now and again, whether it's, you know, my Yahoo, whether it's Facebook, and those people actually, uh, you know, were impacted by my, my leadership. And that right there is, is why I did what I did. And that is why I, I love doing the job. Um, of training so I definitely uh, looking to do that job again to, to make an impact um, because I think actually I know I'm, I'm changing lives for the better whether they're staying in the Navy for 20 years or 30 years or becoming a civilian after four years um, I know they will look back and, and remember the things that they went through so yeah De yeah 100 definitely 100% it, it's pretty cool yeah. so um, I'm sure you know who Dakota Myers right or yeah. the, the Medal of Honor winner. Um, yeah. He he actually does like a, a, a daily podcast and he, he also does like YouTube videos and stuff. So I've been kind of following him um, a, a lot through through that journey that he's doing. And he always um, says this says this thing. Uh, uh, his like brand that he, that he promotes is called Owning the Dash. And like his his idea behind it is um, I believe he actually got it from like a poem. I'm not too sure of like of the author of the poem, but the the whole idea behind it is there, there's two days in your life that you can't um, you can't control the day you're born and the day you die and the um, you know the the whole thing behind is is what are you gonna do with that dash in in between um, mm. you know he it talks a lot about legacy and and I feel like you're you're owning your dash to to put it into his words um, in like the best possible way a person can because you're definitely leaving um, a, a legacy with with the sailors that you've you know, trained, and I'm sure even on your ships, I'm sure you make a similar impact to those, you know, uh, junior sailors in your division. Um, so I think it's really cool that you're, you know, you're you're owning your dash and, and um, uh, to put it into Dakota's Myers' words. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, there's one thing you have to do as a sailor, uh, whether you're an E1 or an O10, you have to train your relief. Uh, train the people that's going to stand the watch, stand the mid-watch. <laughs> you know, you have to train them and ensure that they're ready for what's to come. You know, whether it's, you know, attacked by an enemy or, or vice versa, you know, but we have to be ready to stand those watches. So um, our guys have to have to be ready for that. Um, so owning your dash, absolutely agree. Um, absolutely agree with that with that statement. Uh, you have to continue doing what you need to do on a daily day basis uh, to better yourself, uh, to better your family, to better the sellers around you. Um, continue to live that man until the day you're called home. Definitely. So uh, I kind of want to kind of not not another story, but just another way that you've uh, kind of made a lasting memory um, on me is uh, mm. when, when we were speaking about that uh, that wonderful day at graduation of boot camp. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, afterwards, you gave me um, a challenge coin and a, mm. a, a challenge coin again for people who may not know what that is. Um, it, it's it's a, a uh, it's a it's kind of like the the military version of um, uh, hmm, how can I say that? It's a token of, of grat like gratification, or uh, it's also used, you know, to say like congratulations. It, it, it's used in many different. It's kind of like a like a currency almost, <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, so w when you do like a good job uh, at a command, if you're like an outstanding sailor, or I mean, people even trade them. Um, so I, I guess it has many different. Uh, like uses um but but pretty much when when you get a challenge coin given to you um it's a pretty special moment uh, especially that one because because it, it was my first my first challenge coin um and it's uh i mean now i have like about like over 80 like i'm kind of addicted to them but but that that, <laughs> that first challenge coin that that you gave me uh since that day in graduation has been in my right breast pocket of my and in, 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 in my nwus um and and i make sure it's with me uh i mean it, it's literally not with not not with me ever when i'm in uniform um oh, wow. but you know that's it's, awesome i i always make sure it's you know with me on my advancement exams um i actually held it in my hand during my board for my dolphins um wow that four hour <laughs> four hour massacre of my brain wow. <laughs> um, and uh i actually it was my first underway on, on my sub and mm. i used to carry it uh i didn't always carry it in my, in my breast pocket i carried it uh in in like my pants pocket like my actual like right. in, in like the top pocket not the not the cargo pocket and i it, i actually lost it um i was um. I, I was I, I was sitting in, in cruise mess you know eating right and um, I, I guess it happened to fall in my pocket, and I didn't realize it until like a couple hours later. And uh, I was like devastated when I lost that thing. I was like going crazy. I was like running around telling everyone on the boat, like, "Hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see this?" I was like tra tracing my steps. Um, and like, like, like those like two or three weeks, I didn't have it. Like, like I was actually like pretty like upset about it. Um, and uh, uh, about like three weeks later. Um, my CS1 comes up to me, and he's like, "Look at this thing I just found, like underneath uh, one of the seats." He's like, mm. he's, "He's it's like a boot camp coin," and I like freaked out. And uh, <laughs> um, so what what had happened was there's 
like the way cruise mess is on on like a sub there's one of the uh right. seat one of the seats backs backs up against like our like little salad bar like area that we have and there's like right. a, little, a little like five inch gap and we stuff it that's like where we keep all the trash bags like when we go underway so <laughs> okay. I, I i guess when i sat down it, it fell out of my pocket and it kind of slid into that crack and he found it when he was pulling out a trash bag to like change the trash you know the to um to put a new trash bag in, in the trash can as he pulled right. out as he pulled out the trash bag it fell out um, <laughs> wow so like it just the fact that like that happened like i know like that like I'm never like that coin's never not going to be on me when I'm in uniform just because it, it means a lot that you gave it to me. Um, like right. the, the fact that it came from you, um, the fact that it was like my first challenge coin and just like the fact that it, it's been with me through like all the major parts of my career and then I lost it and found it three weeks later. Like it, like that. I don't know. It's just, it may be corny, I guess, but it just that like that, that, that coin. You you're, absolutely right. you're absolutely right. I mean, um, it's something that I mean, you being the, being the guide on. I mean, you were my PFC, right, at the time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Evans was a little bit shorter than me. He was the guide on. Right. Um, and your guys' role are, are, are were crucial um, to division success, doing a drill, drill uh, formation, drill inspections, um, and of course, among other things, uh, as far as leadership. Um, and I felt. You know, I wish I had one for every recruit, but um, I felt there was just certain individuals that stood out and, and that showed leadership, that showed uh, that tenacity, that drive, that showed uh, that they got it, you know. Individually, I mean, you know, some people get it more than, than others, and I, you were one of those guys, and I said, you know what, I had to, to give you one of my uh, challenge coins and, and make it you know, make it something memorable for you because you, you rose to the challenge. I mean, I know the situation, it was tough. Uh, I, I admit, the PFCs and my sticks get it the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get it the worst. Um, and I know it was a trying time for everyone, all of them. And and I think you rose to the occasion and, you know, I had to, I had to hand you uh, one of my challenge coins. Um, and I think... Uh, you you have went above and beyond meeting that challenge, and you definitely deserve that challenge coin. So that is why I left it with you. Uh, you know, it was my pleasure to to hand it off to you um, and make it the first. You know, like I said, I always want to be the first as well. You know, in everything I do, um, and that's why I put so much in everything. I want to be the first to train the best divisions, and I did. You know. I want to be the first at everything, so that is my motivation. That's going to be a motivation after the Navy, um, during the Navy, of course, uh, to be the first and, and be the best and have the best sailors around me. I, I, I do, uh, I, I do appreciate that aspect that, that you take and, and the seriousness mm -hmm. you take to, uh, to, to being a leader in, in this in the Navy. Um, and kind of like the the last little little tidbit I I, I kind of want to share um, share with people is it, just another uh, you know it, it, it like what really solidified um, you just being not even a good leader or, or um, uh, you know a, a good sailor just but just being like a good person um, is it was about uh, six seven months after boot camp um, yeah. 
But see, I, gra I we graduated in like the beginning of April. Uh, so fast forward to December, um, <laughs> and I was uh, stationed in Grant, Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure you know where I'm going with this. Uh, I, I, was stationed, <laughs> I was stationed in Grant, Connecticut for my A school and, and sub school. And uh, probably next to actually graduating boot camp, I, the, you know, I, I had one of the other best moments of my life, and that was the, the birth of my first child. Um, and uh, besides family, um, you were like the, you know, you, I think you were like on leave in like New York at the time or something, and, and you were happy right. to be like visiting a, a friend in Groton, uh, I believe right. is, is what the situation was. Um, but you didn't hesitate when I asked you like, Hey, you know, do you want to come say hi? Um, and you didn't, you didn't hesitate to, you know, to, to come, to come do that. Um, and you were, you were like the first non family member, uh, to, to actually hold my son. And, and I just think after after everything that we, you know, I said that we went through, but all the impacts that that you already had on my life, um, I, I, I just thought it was really cool. Um, just to kind of be able to say that also, you know, um, right. So it's just, it, it's just like another small thing that, you know, not to get like sappy or anything, but that like, it, you know, it, it means a lot to me that, that you actually came in and, uh, uh, another man that had such an important role in my life, um, in, in my right. career, uh, you know, I got to share that moment of, of, ha of having a child, you know, with, and you got, you know, you, 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 I don't know. I just thought, I just think it's really cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you said. I mean, it, it's a good, uh, it, it was great to even come uh, and I appreciate the invite again. Um, one thing with me, I, I love, love kids. Um, and I, I love being around them, but mm -hmm. most importantly, you know, you're one of my seller. Um, and just to get that invite from you to to, to be there and, and see your your offspring, that was even more amazing. You know, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it was uh, something that I hope uh, that you will remember forever. I actually got done. I got in trouble be, because of that because he actually went down because I mean he wasn't even a week old yet at, at the time. Um, uh and we like finally got him down for a nap. Like you know, we're new parents. We have no idea what what the hell we're doing. And we, we like finally, uh -huh. we like finally got him down for a nap. And then you show up, and um, I was I was like, no, like I'm waking him up. Like I was like, chief has to hold. I was like, chief has to hold him. Like there's no way that he's coming here and not holding him. <laughs> so like I, like I you know I went and got him out of the crib and, and brought him downstairs so you, so you could hold him and uh, we actually have a picture wow. of that we actually have a picture of that you know of you holding him and it's me you and him and uh yeah, I, I, still, I still have that picture <laughs> I, 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 got, I got some flack at that because it took us so long to get him to go to sleep but I was like there's no way I'm missing this I'm missing this opportunity <laughs> oh, wow didn't even know that happened man oh wow well, I apologize, and you can tell him later on that, that, I, that I woke him up out of his beauty sleep. <laughs> he was actually, he was such a, a difficult kid. The only way that, like, like you, you know, now, now, he's actually four now, um, mm. and my, my, my daughter's two. If if my daughter was my first kid, I probably would have, like, six kids by now. She was, like, the easiest child. Oh. But but Dominic, my, my first, the only way we could get him to sleep was... Mm. Um, we would have to hold him 
I mean, he would wake up two hours every two hours on the dot, like no matter what. And but the only the only way to put him to sleep was we would have to you know hold him, and we would have to bounce on a medicine ball, and that's the only way. So we were getting like a back workout, yeah, like as we were putting him to sleep, like every two hours, he was impossible to put to sleep. <laughs> wow, <laughs> but it was totally worth it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and I had a great time, man. I appreciate you welcoming Miles, and I, you know, not everybody's like that. Um, but like I said, the, the way I grew up is you come to Jamaica anytime, anywhere, uh, from anywhere, and from, come from anywhere to my home in Jamaica or even New York, and my door is always open. And that's that's the type of welcoming, that's the type of person I am, my family is, um, you know, because, we, like I said, our, we live up to our motto, uh, out of many one people, and I will never change for anyone. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, in our nation, and that will never change me, who I am, because I still believe we are all humans, and that's how I see life. I, I you know, agree. We should take care of each other, love each other, uh, support each other, uh, no matter what. I agree, and I, I think that's something. I mean, like you said, that it's definitely like a, a culture thing for you. But um, okay. w- like, would I be wrong for saying that, like, like the military just even like um, uh, just makes that more like that theory uh, like even even greater. No, I mean, you're right. Um, like, I've met, actually, I met my best friends in the Navy, um, believe it or not. People I've never grew up with, um, they're in the Navy. Um, most of my friends back home, well, former friends, uh, most of them didn't want to do what I wanted to do, um, which are positive things. Most of them want to do you know, negative stuff, so... I had to separate myself from negativity and look to positivity. And the Navy has a lot of positive people, um, goal-oriented people, people who want to make a difference in the Navy and when they get out of the Navy. And, yeah, the brotherhood and the sisterhood, it's it's amazing. Um, You could accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. I mean, sure, you could go work with NASA if you want to. Um, It's how much you put in. uh, you will get out of it. So, absolutely, totally agree with that. And and that is kind of cool. Like you know how how you said you know all, all of your best friends you've made in the military. It's a I think it's pretty amazing how like you can just be. Cause, I mean, typically we're at a, a certain command for three to four years um, before we you know we have to rotate. And just within like those three to four years, it's amazing how like I I have bond like my best friend to this day is my buddy Ray. Um, we, we've been, we've been best friends since fourth grade. Um, probably like the only person I've constantly been in contact with, you know, for since then, but it's, it's amazing that some of the people that I've served with, you know, on my boat or at other commands that I was only together with for like two, three years, um, like our bonds are, are, are just as strong as it is with my buddy that I've known since I was like 10. And I I just think it's, it's, it's like a cool dynamic that like the military brings, um, or, or not brings, but but offers people to like. It, it, it's really hard to uh, to describe to people who aren't in it, but I, I just think it's really cool. Um, just, and I really don't know what it like what it is. Maybe you're just you know, especially like on ships, like you know, it, everyone relies on on everyone to to bring each other home. Um, and I'm right. sure I'm sure that plays like a big part in it. But I just think it's really cool how like fast like bonds are are grown um, in the military. 
Um, like even like I said, even people, even even people from boot camp. Um, I was only with them for for two months, and uh, like I wasn't even a sailor at, at that part, or you know, at that part of my career. And um, like you know, I'm still good friends with with a lot of them people. I just, I just think that's a cool aspect that you really don't get anywhere else, but um, but the military. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, the Navy. The Navy is is. You could have an impact on other people's lives, you know, whether you know it or not. You know, like, you know, last year, um, you know, this guy used to work for me, and you know, he was, he was a, he was a, you know, a fireman, and then basically became a DC one, um, and he had a, you know, he's married to a Japanese here, and uh, he had a rough time. Um, I was thinking about basically suicide. Um, so this guy, again, reached out to me and immediately stopped what I was doing and, and attend to him. Um, and that that right there just showed me that this is where I belong. You know, there are a lot of people out here who's hurting and who's going through situations. Um, and I'm that voice, you know, I'm that person that, that's going to be there regardless. Um, and this seller... You know, he listened to what I had to say, um, and basically changed changed his whole thinking, his whole lives. You know, I showed him a different side of, you know, things that, you know, how things can go if uh, he did harm himself. Um, but he listened and 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 basically I helped save him basically, and uh, he he's good, he's doing great things now out here on the carrier, just killing it. Um, so those are some of the things that you would experience while you're in the Navy. Um, you get to have those experiences, uh, meet new people, uh, like some of my best friends, like I said, I have people from every culture almost that I'm really good with. And it's just amazing. You know, people have invited me to their home in, in, uh, Utah. I've never been around Mormons <laughs> <laughs> and I went to Utah and, and did, you know, I was like the only black guy there, but it was it was still awesome. They accepted me as one of them, you know, and, and their family accepted me. Um, and we're still good friends until this day, you know, almost 20 years later, we're still good friends. And, uh, the Navy brings that to you. I mean, there's some people who will never call you back or vice versa, right? but you know, I mean, there's good and bad people everywhere you go and there are bad people in the Navy. There's good people in the Navy. Um, but I tend to surround myself with those good people and, uh, bring, you know, greatness out of each person I interact with. So, um, the Navy is basically one of the most diverse uh, branches of service out of all the others, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. And uh, like something that you just said, kind of uh, just just drives my point even more about you know, like, um, just like how how good of a leader you are. Like when your buddy reached out to you, like you said, you know, you you kind of had to switch hats a little bit to to help him out. And that's something that I feel like in the military, across all branches, it, a lot of um, a lot of people, a lot of like leaders, just kind of turn to you know just pull up your bootstraps and, and get through it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and and I feel like you know a lot of stuff in the military, like yes, that is the answer. Um, but but sometimes in those few instances, like that that might not be the answer to just kind of tough through it. Um, and and like you said, like it, I, I'm happy that that you're the, the the type of leader that just. I feel like you're, and, and even in boot camp, like you're very good. I feel like at at finding those times out to where you kind of need to to switch from being chief to 
to being, you know, to, to being the person that you need to be at, at that certain time. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's just like a parent like you, you know, at times you have to be, you know, you have to be the husband. At times you have to be the son. At times you have to be the father, you know, at times you have to be that friend, you know. So you, in life, we wear many hats, you know, whether you, whether you believe it or not. And you have to be, key is you have to be genuine in all, when you're wearing those hats, very genuine. Uh, you can't be fake, you know, because people will see it. Right. Um, be real. Be real. That's, that's the only way to be. And, you know, like I said, going through boot camp, that's the only way I could be was real. I, I can't. You know, some people put up facade and, oh, I'm, you know, I'm this and that, I'm big bad, but that's not me. I'm a real person, and I'm going to treat everybody, regardless if you're a recruiter or Admiral Smokey Tully, <laughs> I'm going to treat you like a human being, you know. I show you the same respect as I show the Admiral. I'm Nobody's different from anybody, you know, for me. And that's how I, I go about my life, you know. Some people put other people on, on pedestal, I think. I think we're all equal. Yeah, there's a rank structure, but in the sense of a being a human being, that's how I look at people. That's how I look at this life. So, um, did you? Um, you know. uh, I mean, you you don't have to like answer this if if you don't want to. I'm not really sure if you can, but like uh, at, at RDC, like like being that that kind of the leader that that you know you you were and and the type of RDC you were, kind of not following the the typical. You know, like like RDC. You know, just yell, 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 rah, rah, rah. Like, did that? Um, uh, not to say did that make you look bad, but did that kind of, uh, um, uh, not backfire on you, but did that kind of make make your time there harder as, um, like kind of like being like put up against your peers since since you kind of decided to go like that different route, or or did that make you shine more? Mm, listen, I'm. <laughs> It's great, you know, the Navy uh, military award with accolades and stuff. Um, but my success uh, is my sailor success. Like I said, I could I could have received zero flags. Um, I really don't care about flags, to tell you the truth. Um, my main focus is sailors and seeing them successful and seeing them achieve their goals. That is my focus. Yes, I was your – I was a different RDC, and um, some people, you know, made comments – but guess what? They're my division. They're my guys. I train them the way I want to train them. Um, as long as I'm not violating any rules that is set for their in their instruction, mm -hmm. I'm good. They're my sailors, and I will treat them as such, uh, and I will train them as such to get them ready for the fleet. So yeah, there was a little flag here and there, but it didn't affect my evaluation. Um, some people don't like it. Um, some people make comments, but I'm still gonna go and push forward, and and I'm training the way I want to train train them so they can be successful and, and, and get something out of their boot camp experience because it's it's a one and done. It's like being married. It's either one and done, right. you know? Yeah, you, you only go through boot camp once, I guess, right? So. Yep, one time and one time only. Well, again, I, I appreciate you being authentic to yourself and, and just kind of staying true because um, it's, uh, you know, I appreciate it as being one of your sailors, but I also appreciate it as it, it's something just to to look up to and 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 um to tr to try to kind of follow myself as, as I move through the ranks, and hopefully oh, make absolutely. make rank one day, which is impossible to do as a corpsman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, corpsman is a very challenging uh challenging field to be a part of um, to make rank, but uh you know 
there are many other avenues. Uh, like I said, uh, you can go as far as you want to go. Sometimes there are blocks, but still there's other opportunities you can look at, i.e. officer. Um, if, if something ain't working, try something else, you know. And that's one that's one thing that I'm sure most people got from boot camp, and I got to. And, you know, there's different ways to reach different people. Um, and boot camp actually taught me most of that, you know. Taking that to the fleet, my job is that much easier because you have all these different personalities and different, you know, backgrounds, and you know, handle handle them as such as they come. But um, you know, Booker was my most rewarding tour, uh, in a sense of recruits. Now, kind of, uh, kind of want to like not switch gears a little bit, but a um a very uh a common thing you hear nowadays, especially from chiefs like yourself is uh um it's a new navy um do first of all like do do you ever find yourself saying that um and second of all like what do you think like that really means i I mean obviously you know times have changed things you know kind of things evolve um but do you really uh if you do think it has changed that much do do you think it's for the better for the worse kind of like what what's your um What's your whole take on 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 that whole situation slash statement? Well, you, uh, yes, you... I use that. I, oh. I've I've used that. Sorry, um, I've used that statement a few times, um, and I agree. Um, we are changing. Um, a lot of the rules are changing. Sailors are changing. Um, and my meaning, my my thing from that is basically. You know, we have to change with times. Uh, our sailors now are much smarter. Most of them are coming in with bachelors and masters. So they're smarter. Um, and we have to change with that. We can't keep doing the same thing. Most of our, some of our traditions have changed. Our uniforms are changing every so often. Um, so we have to we have to change with the times, you know. So we do have a new new uh, uh, new type of sailor coming in. And we have to change with them. So I've I've met you know like I said I came in '98 where you know we could basically uh, people usually get in fights and stuff and uh, nothing you know nothing really happens. Now you know you can't do that stuff. <laughs> and you do that, you go on a captain's mass, and you're probably gonna pay a hefty price with some money or some rank. Um, or, you know, before, even before me, people usually just handle their business. Like you had a, a quarrel with someone. Um, you just go in a room, you and that person and you have it out. Right. <laughs> so and then those are that. some of the things that have changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is for the better. Uh, you know, it's just like going through the chief season, um, the things that, which I can't really discuss, but right. we usually do some, uh, very fun. unique stuff. Let's just say that fun back in the day. Uh, yes, fun <laughs> activities. And from those times, we cannot uh, cannot do those things now um, because times have changed. So, and again, we have to change those times because there are a lot of rules of change. Um, you know, new leaders, sector of the Navy, sector of defense, or master chief put us in the Navy. They come out with new rules, and, and, and I agree with their decisions, you know. Um, 
do you think that takes away from the um uh, not so much like the quality of the sailor but like uh you, you know how, how you um uh, i don't want to speak too much on the cheap stuff but like do you do you think it it, it takes away from like what it used to be if, if you kind of like kind of know what i'm saying <laughs> oh no i understand what you're saying um I think uh, some of the old traditions should have been left alone, personally, um, and you know proceed forward. Um, like some of our uniforms, for example, it, it's. I mean, I appreciate what the Navy's trying to do, but uh, some of our uniforms were just good, like the bell bottoms. There, I like those. <laughs> those are pretty cool. Um, but they're upgrading uh, now. We're looking more like a. Uh, like the other branches of service, like the army, I think. Yeah, I... And we don't, I think we're losing our identity as far as the uniform goes. I mean, God forbid, I hopefully don't get rid of our dress whites, our dress blues. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they better not so, touch those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they are making modifications to those things. But uh, I think we have too much uniform changes. Um, I think we're, you know, we're just confusing these sellers. Uh, I think we just need to keep it basic, keep it Navy, and keep our tradition going. But, um, again, I agree. I don't I, need that big buck. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I need to start a GoFundMe to, to buy the new uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree with you as well. <laughs> it's it, it's crazy. Uh, do you have them yet, Chief, or are you still wearing the, the blueberries? Um, I, I have both of them. Oh, okay. Well, so, but so, I, I haven't started wearing the other one yet. <laughs> so I was I was pricing it out and like just two two sets of the working uniforms, boots and parka, with like all the patches and all that. It was like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> but um, I, right. I I agree. I I mean I've never uh, you know I came in with with the blueberries, but um, my brother when he was in he was in from oh seven to uh. 2012 actually he, mm -hmm. he he got out the same year i came in so he had okay. a couple he had a couple years with the uh is it the the see i always is it the johnny cashes is, is that what you guys called the bell bottoms or i I always get them mixed up like the what what were what were the old working unit the ones before the blueberries was that the bell bottoms yeah the bell bottoms yep okay so the so what are the johnny cashes then is that those are the 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 working blues. Okay, so yeah, were those, were those the same time as the bell bottoms? Yes. Okay, cause he like you know he said that he like liked those because he was in during the time when you guys transitioned from those to blueberries, and it was the same kind of thing. Like he waited till like the very last minute to buy them because he he liked the older ones better. Um, I just, I mean I just don't understand why we we have to switch so much. <laughs> And like you said, now now I, now I feel like we're kind of like losing our identity because now, uh, you know, like we're not even we're not even blue anymore. Like we just, I mean, the common person's gonna look at those new the new type threes and like, you know, they might not be able to even tell what branch we're in because it kind of looks like desert camo. So you know, they might think it's army or or marines. Right. Um. Uh, yeah, it's it's just you know I, I wish we could keep some of those some of those old uniforms and and you know I mean they work fine, but the Navy's just changing them so much and too too quick. But, um, you, but you think overall and, and that's the... just as part of the new, new Navy. 
And so do you think like overall, oh, um, like kind of getting back to like the personnel aspect of it, um, you know, w- with all these changes and, and some things kind of getting lax and some things getting a little bit more stricter, um, it, do you think it's the the quality of the sailor is being affected at all or, or it's just like you kind of mentioned before, it's just a, a different kind of sailor that might not be a, as like traditional? Well, um, this goes along with the type of generation that we're dealing with. Um, sailors nowadays are not as like sailors back in the days, um, or even civilians are not the same. Um, you know, when I grew up, like I said, coming from Jamaica to here, um, working, you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s, we worked, you know, or we were outside doing some type of sporting activity. And, and I think... That was that was I mean that that says a lot about you as as uh, as a person, uh, but now, you know, with technology and stuff, most people are away from society. Most people are either in tune in their rooms, watching, playing games, or watching Netflix. So they're right. they're uh, sort of hidden from society, and they're not interacting with society as they normally as we normally would, yep. you know, on a nice summer day out there. Uh, you know, playing some sports, some football, street football, or, you know, riding a, your BMX or, you know, or even just cooling off of the fire hydrant. <laughs> you really see that thing, those those type of things these days. And that trends in, into uh, uh, people coming to boot camp. You know, they're, they think they know it all, some of them, and they're smarter. Yes, most of them are smarter. Um, so they, they, they think they, they got the world figured out. And that's when boot camp becomes harder and, and, and longer for them. And some will leave with, with, with attitudes and not learning anything, and they go to the fleet. And those are the sailors that actually end up getting kicked out because they didn't get it, right. you know. Um, and, of course, we just lost an investment. But um, th- those are some of the things that I think uh, are affecting our, our this new Navy trend, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they're They're – most of them don't see what happened in the past, right. um, or how to how to handle a little pressure. A lot of them have never been exposed to being yelled at, you know. So they break down, or they go in these little, you know, in little tantrums um, because of how they are. They're they're excluded from society because they choose to, right. or their parents don't really put them out there in that in that type of a form. So, so it, it is changing and does affect. Um, our Navy. I mean, I've seen where sailors now in the fleet are questioning leadership. Why do I have to do this? Yeah, I could I, never. I, I ever see that question. on like a day to day basis, and and like I like, even at like my little rank, like I try to correct that as much as I can. Um, but like I even in like the five years I've been in, which isn't you know yeah. it's it's a a flash in the pan compared to you, but um. Like even then, like from from when I came in to now, like I see it like more and more like every year. Like it's kind of it, it's crazy. Cause like now, like you know, I like I check someone in um today, cause like you know, like uh, I'm the medical, so they drop their medical records off and stuff with me. And like uh, yeah. uh the the kid I checked in today was like born in 1998. Like it's it's just kind of crazy, like how how like young these the kids are. And like you said, like the kind of for them their whole life everything was just was just an app away <laughs> their food was an app away their their entertainment was an app away 
their interaction with their friends. Like you mm. said, they don't go outside or anything. They just it's they uh, seclude themselves. Um, I'm gonna, right. But uh, it's um. I want to say something. I forgot what I want to say. <laughs> but uh oh um do you th- uh so I feel like the the navy has made like a lot of changes you know even in like the past year or two yeah. uh to to yeah. kind of conform to the issues um not so much try to uh correct them or even make decisions that just kind of uphold the the standard like I said I, I feel like a lot of things to we they've done in the past couple of years have have just conformed to the issue and and maybe even made them worse. But um, just a couple like weeks ago, I uh, uh, I, w- I went to downtown Norfolk. Um, uh, my mom came and visited me. We went out to like a restaurant, and there's there's like a lot of Navy history around here, obviously, because it you know it's one of the biggest bases. And um, like they they had a bunch of pictures up from like the 40s and 50s and 60s and. You know, it, it was like sailor, Sailors on Liberty in downtown Norfolk. And, you know, like they're all like in their blues or, or whites. And, you know, now, like if we're not working, we really don't need to be in uniform. But, you know, back then it's, you know, it, no matter what, you were in uniform. And just like a bunch of things like that. Like even now, like sailors just getting married, like right at A school so they don't have to live in the barracks. Like uh, yeah. I, I feel like I'd like to get your opinion on this. Like maybe making uh, – like the not against the rule, but bringing some of those things back because uh, I feel like a, a problem, especially with with some of the, the the younger generation, is they treat it more of just like a job. Like they're they're a sailor from you know seven to four or, or whatever their shift may be when they're in uniform, but then once they get into civilians, right. it's like a whole different you know ball game. Like I, I feel like if we were still forced to um, to uphold some like those not traditions but you know being uniform outside of work and and things like that and and i know there's a bunch of different factors now with you know like terrorism and being a target and whatnot but um i feel like stuff like that kind of made um kind of made you drink the kool-aid a little bit more to to kind of you know um and i feel like the military doesn't do enough to i mean i feel like the marine corps does it pretty well but the navy like um we're kind of losing that kool-aid and and it's like not cool to be a sailor and at least at least that's what i think i don't know what like what do you think about that chief no um i i fully agreed um those statements that you made um it, it it's mind-boggling uh to see um sailors totally going against uh the uniform regulations <laughs> um it, it's it, <laughs> You know, me being a priority C, um, me being a priority C is is, is something that uh, I gotta. I mean, it was great learning all those things. So I look at, you know, being out in the field, I look at all these little things that that, um, that I learn, the extra RTC, and I just I see it around me, man. People walking around with uh, headphones on. People walking around with. Uh, earrings on you know the male earrings on base mm-hmm. and you know and i'm like wow did, did your chief leave, leave the ship like this or you know and i've stopped most of them and some days it's just so tired i'm right. just like can't stop everyone I, i'm not the least mm-hmm. and i think you know i think 
I think we're failing as a whole. You know, we're failing on the LPO, and the works in the soup as a stellar level. We're failing on the cheese level, we're failing on the officer level. We're failing, at, we're failing as a whole um, because a lot of people are not correcting these tellers. So we're losing a lot of the things, you know, military bearing. We're losing a lot of the, you know, the respect for rank. Um, and nobody's correcting it. So, of course, they're going to continue to do it. And what I'm seeing in front of our eyes, you know, like I said, a lot of incidents, and some of those were due to lack of attention to detail, lack of uh, care. You know, people standing a, a five-hour watch, you know, they start getting tired or whatever. You know, they know they have watch coming up, and they're playing video games at mid till midnight. You know, knowing when you have watch in an hour. That, that is not smart. And right. then in the morning, you want to, oh, I didn't get much sleep. Then why didn't you get enough sleep? And I, I've seen all these different stuff in my time here. Um, so those are not, you know, they're not being responsible, you know. And, of course, some of the leaders are not being responsible and, and checking those sellers mm-hmm. and ensuring that they follow the rules or set them up for success. Um, but I think that we we need to re- we, we adjust and and fix some of those things before it gets out of hand because uh, just man we in a war or, or something you know hardly are these people going to hold up you right. know they can't follow the basic rules of don't wear earrings on base are they going to you know take orders in, in a crisis time you know right so and, and do you think maybe that that might be kind of part of it is um, how we've uh, not really been tested as a Navy um, so like we've never really uh, I'm not saying we've never been tested as Navy. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me reword that. <laughs> that we we haven't been tested uh, in like recent history, um, as like really having to be uh, like uh, um, uh, like war fighters at sea. I mean, granted, we've been involved with like Iraq and Afghanistan, but uh, you know, we're just we're shooting things from a distance. Like, uh, do you think like that plays a part of it? I mean, it, like compared to what the Navy had to deal with back in in the World Wars, where you know they're actually battling at sea. Um, do you think like the the lack the lack of being tested uh, and and kind of turning into like uh, inspection war fighters opposed to actual war fighters? Um, I I think it, it does play a small part of it. I mean, like I said, our technology is increasing, so you know, just like the medical sea, you know, that was our first uh, uh, basically where the enemy didn't see each other. It was just uh, air air combat basically. Uh, none of the carriers saw each other, but. Um, you mean, as we move forward in the future, um, I think it's going to be more of that, um, where technology increased and we're not going to get the same, uh, like back in World War One, World War Two, where we have to go face the enemy face to face. I think it's going to be more, you know, drone strike or you know, plane to plane or ship to ship or something to that nature. But um, yeah, it it is affecting how we fight. You understand so um and how these sailors are brought up but i think we could still as as leaders train these sailors to be tough um you know and be ready just in case we have to go there um but i think most of them are losing that we're, we're losing that piece right no. we're losing right. so we, we've been going pretty strong for about an hour and a half now um kind of just kind of want to end it on a uh a, a non military closing note um so 
like kind of, like I said, I've seen you on Facebook, um, posting pictures every day, kind of traveling. Uh, I'm not, is that pretty much all through like Southeast Asia, or is a lot of that just Japan? Um, it seems like you're in a different place like every day. All right, so uh, like I said, and it exposed me to a lot. Like I said, I love culture, and as we weren't born to live in 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 one location, you know, our, our you know our own lives. So. I make it my mission to, whether I'm in the Navy or out of the Navy, to see the world. Um, since I've been here, I've, I've traveled a lot of the Asia-Pacific uh, countries uh, from China, Hong Kong, uh, Vietnam, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia. So, uh, of course, I'm here in Japan now, and um, every weekend I try to to go see something different in Japan, and that's why I keep posting those pictures, to, just to share people, to show them a little bit of the culture and, and what Japan has to offer, and they have a lot. You know, they're setting the stage, they're setting the standard for a lot of these countries, you know, in technology, um, in how to treat people, how to take care of their communities, how to take care of their people. I mean, it's it's all here, um, and I love that about Japan, because they, they the government truly know how to take care of theirs. And they reinvest in in their people, so and that's why they're so advanced here um, from other countries. And of course, it, you know, a big part of their culture, um, you know, it, it's very respectful. So, uh, yeah, you have to get out and see the world, experience something. Now, even if you're in the states, get out and go learn something about other states. You know, um, learn learn the culture. Uh, you know. But I tell people, if, if you've never left in the United States, if you've never left your hometown, you need to leave mm -hmm. and go see some other culture. You know, try their food, try their, you know, try on their clothing, and just experience their culture. Uh, a few, few uh, last month or so, uh, I had the opportunity to go to Africa. My first time ever. I went to Egypt. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, and that was, I think that's one of my best trips. So far, I felt I felt at home, um, you know, with with the history behind, you know, Africa. Um, I felt right in because, and I mean, most people thought I was Arabic <laughs> because I looked like or Egyptian, you know. There was Arabic to me, but uh, you know, they uh, treated like one of their own, and that was uh, an amazing uh, visit. I'm looking to go back again, probably maybe next year. Um, we'll see a different part. I'm trying to go to South Africa next. Uh, I'm definitely going back to Egypt. But uh, it, it was just an eye-opener just to see some of those monuments, the pyramids, um, and, and and just be there and, and experience, you know, 4,000 years of plus of history in right in front of your eyes that man made this, you know, with their, you know, the lack of technology and they made this awesome uh, icon here in the world. So, you, you know, I'm just so you went and saw like the 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 um uh the pyramids and the sphinx and all that. Say again. That's, did you? So you went when you were in uh in Egypt. You went and saw the sphinx and the pyramids and all that stuff. You... Absolutely. Um, I I did it all. <laughs> I went. I uh, floated down the Nile River, which oh, is cool. the longest river in the world. Um, is it true that that, a, that flow like it flows like south to north or something like that, or is that just like yeah, a, like a myth? Um, no, it, it does actually. It flows into Sudan, Sudan as well. Uh, 
it, it's it was an awesome experience there. Um, it it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. You know how uh, they were advanced back in the days, um, but they didn't have the technology that we have. Right. Uh, but they they built some awesome sculptures and and it was just it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend that that trip. Uh, it's a it's it's one that you must see before you leave this earth. And uh, kind of my last question: What does uh, what does Chief Sutherland see his life being after the military? Just more traveling, or um, the, do you possibly have like maybe another career you want to pursue? Um, <laughs> do you even have a plan? <laughs> what? Uh... Wow. Oh. That's a great question. Um, I have many plans. Um, so right now, I'm working on a few things. Um, I think I will be doing uh, RTC after it's been molded and turned and given back to the community. Um, I think I will volunteer as a uh, volunteer police and probably a firefighter. I will be doing a lot in my community. Now I'm trying to build up my community, so that's, that's something I'm going to do. Uh, post Navy, um, of course, work on my uh, uh, media family as well. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, me, um, I'm working on an app right now. Uh, with my buddy who retired OFC from the Navy, he's called GPS, and. Uh, we're uh, we're trying to bring what we didn't have to sailors and in, in the nation basically and and eventually uh, international. So you know, like back in the day when we go to countries, right? You know, have those little tour come on board and give us little pamphlets and stuff. But we truly don't know much about the area. So what we're trying to do is is you know what. Uh, clubs are there, you know, uh, what uh, venues are going on, you know, whether it's a festival, whether it's a nightclub, whatever. So I'm trying to put that at the fingertips of every, every person in the U.S. or every sailor or you know, everybody in our forces. So you can, you know, a little bit more the area. So that is something I'm working on. Uh, again, we should launch in some time. Maybe at the end of this year, early 2019, um, pretty, pretty costly, but uh, we're making it happen. Um, I should say it's over a uh, quarter million dollars for to make it happen. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's one thing. I'm also trying to get in the tourism industry. Um, uh, a few vehicles uh, in Jamaica. Um, Try to get people employed, more people employed through that. You know, the more people, the more people employed. And uh, I'm trying to connect Jamaica as well. I'm trying to take Jamaica to another level. So I have a lot of big plans. Uh, it's just time and money. That's that's, that's what I need. <laughs> uh, and of course, the right people to go along with the ride with me. Um, because I'm always looking for the same mindset and want to make a difference in the world. Um, so that, that's that's some of the things that I'm doing post Navy, and of course, you know, uh, keep mentoring and molding these sellers, uh, keep mentoring and molding the people in my neighborhoods, um, and trying to make them 
see that there's more to their communities um, they could go out and experience. Awesome, Chief. Well, if if uh, your success in the Navy is, is any insight into what your success will be like after the Navy, I'm sure you will uh, you will do and and uh, do and accomplish great things even even afterwards and, and anything that you set your mind to. Um, so I, I wish you like best of luck in, in all of those things that you're that you're pursuing to do. Um, and I also just kind of want to end. Oh, I, I appreciate that. You know, and I again congratulations to you on your uh, Bravo Zulu. You know, your first official podcast. Uh, you know, like I said, size is not the limit to me. Um, you could go as far as the universe. You know, go out there and explore. Um, but you have you have taken that to another level, and I'm extremely proud of you. And I, you know, every now and again, I see different sellers, former recruits, uh, doing things that I know they were capable of doing, and you're one of them. You know, um, I appreciate that. You were going above and beyond. So continue doing what you're doing, and good luck with Bravo Zulu. Like I said, once once our once my uh, venue GPS is fully up. Uh, like I said, we promote small businesses as well. That's something that definitely I'm going to put you on too. And, you know, we all work together. Well, thank you. And I, I think the, the podcast is, um, you know, kind of uh, every um, – all throughout time, like every culture and, and every um, empire has, has documented – um, you know, like, like what they've done, have it be the, like, you know, like the scrolls of the Dead Sea, the, you know, the Bible, the, like it, everything's documented. And, and I feel like the, the podcast is kind of, um, our generation's way to, to document like what we've accomplished and, and the stories that we've experienced. And, um, I, right. I, just, I just kind of feel like it's, uh, uh, it's my responsibility because it, it's so easy to, to do so nowadays with technology, you know, and, and just kind of document, um, you know, a people that made an impact in my life, like yourself, and because it's it's cool right. to think that in twenty years my son can can come back and listen to this. You know, like you know, two decades ago, like that wasn't even a, a thought of that I could call someone in Japan and record it and put it on the internet, and it's going to be there forever. Like ten, fifteen years ago, like that wasn't even a thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I just think it, you know, it's. Uh, it, and I kind of want to, you know, get in touch with veterans and, and things like that, combat veterans, right. and, and kind of get their stories and, and document them because now we don't need the History Channel or Discovery Channel to to produce these great documentaries. It's something that we can just do on, on our phone or on our computer by ourselves. Um, so right. I think, you know, not not just my part as a military person, but my part as an American and a human um, to, to kind of get right. these people's stories documented and, and out there because there's – there's tons of stories that um I feel like that are out there that may not ever be heard. Um, so I think a podcast is a good way to to kind of do that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, like I said, looking forward to come back on if you have any other topics. Um, you know, looking forward to come back and share some more uh, stories with you. Um, you know, in the future. Definitely. Well, again, Chief, I uh, I really do appreciate taking almost two hours of your time at your day <laughs> um, day, and uh and doing and doing this for me and uh like i said it's uh i couldn't think of anyone better to have um as my first guest on the podcast uh than uh <laughs> than you so i'm very happy that it became a reality um 
and uh, I'm excited to, to put it on the internet and, and have other people uh, hear our story and, and hear your story more importantly, not just, you know, not me. I'm not, I'm not important. You're the important one here. Uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're all important in our own way, man. Um, but I'm going to leave it with this quote. Uh, uh, some other quotes I use in boot camps. Uh, we, well, Aristotle wrote this quote, but I use this a lot. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence. Therefore, it is not an act, but a habit. So that is my quote for you for today. Um, let's make everything that you do excellent. Make it a habit. Make it a good habit. And uh, the end result will be successful. I like that. Thank you very much, Chief. Uh, you're welcome. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.